Hi everyone, I am Emily Landers and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. I hope you all had a great weekend. Luke and I had a wonderful weekend as well as a wonderful week. We are just back from one of my favorite places on earth. You may have seen some fun photos from Wind River Ranch. This is a dude ranch in Colorado that I have been going to every summer since I was seven years old. So it's a really special place for me. I will likely do a Friday favorites episode at some point to share a little bit more, but we had a blast. We had a great time and we're so happy to be home, so happy to be back with all of you. And while we were in the mountains, last week's episode with Lucy Murkison went live and it has been so fun to see how much you all are enjoying that. Lucy is so sweet and it was really exciting because she actually recommended today's guest to me and we had already recorded this episode. Christina Lynch of Miko Landrina is joining me today and I am so excited to share a little bit more about this stunning brand. But before we dive in, I wanted to share a quick thank you to those of you who've left us a five-star review on iTunes. We are a small six reviews away from 100 five-star reviews. So if you have a moment and you would like to do so, please go and leave your thoughts over on iTunes iTunes. I also wanted to share a quick update. We've had many people touch base and ask how they can support the podcast. I'm happy to share that if you go to linktree slash Emily Landers, you'll find an option to support HSDT there. It's been amazing to see how much we've grown in the past year and the time commitment to the podcast really needs to level out financially. So I am figuring all of this out. I'm excited to continue to loop you guys in as I figure out how to monetize this podcast and really make it something that I can do long term because I love it so much. I love getting to know you all. I love meeting my amazing guest. My hope and thought is that there will be many more years of HSDT to come. So these small donations help that dream come to fruition. Well, you all are in for a treat with today's episode. Christina Lynch, the founder of Migolandrina, is joining me on today's episode. I have been a huge fan of her pieces and her work for many years now, so it was incredible to be able to sit down and hear the behind the scenes, the inside scoop on this beautiful brand out of Dallas, Texas. If you all are being introduced to Migolandrina for the first time today, I want to say a little bit of a you're welcome. You guys are going to be obsessed. Her story and her brand and the pieces that she provides are amazing. Here is Christina Lynch on How'd She Do That? Today's guest, Christina Lynch, is the founder of Migolandrina, a handmade embroidered clothing company based in Dallas, Texas. Christina was raised in Dallas and attended NYU in New York City. And while in New York, she interned for famous Dominican designer Oscar de la Renta and other notable names. After learning about Mexican art from her mother, who was raised in northern Mexico, Christina wanted to start a Mexican lifestyle brand of her own. Inspired by the Spanish name for the swallows that frequented her grandfather's ranch house in Mexico, Mi Galandrina was born in 2013. 
At Me Golandrina, Christina focuses on continuing to tell the story of Mexican art by preserving the traditions of hand embroidery and empowering artisans throughout Mexico. The brand presents the beautiful artisan work in the form of dresses, tops, dinner napkins, and more. Now, Mi Golandrina partners with over 600 artisans from all over Mexico, hand-stitched by skilled artisans who have been using the same embroidery methods for over 200 years. In January, Christina and Mi Golandrina were featured in Vogue magazine's The United States of Fashion series about people who are changing the landscape of American fashion. When Christina isn't connecting with artisans, promoting products and working on Mi Golandrina's blog, she is likely traveling and enjoying time with her family. Christina, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be speaking with you. And that was such a beautiful introduction. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, well, I am thrilled. We were chatting before we started recording and thinking, okay, this is going to be a really fun conversation. I can already tell. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, I mentioned a little bit about your background just in the intro, but I love to kind of start from the very beginning with guests. How about you tell us a little bit about, gosh, going to NYU, maybe tell us a little bit more about what you majored in and what that season of life was like. For sure. New York was so exciting. And I think I was just thrilled to go to NYU and, uh, it was, I remember I did um, early choice. So it was the the one school I really, really wanted to go to. And um, <laughs> I actually did theater for fun in high school. So um, I applied to the Tisch School of the Arts and I majored in theater. And I actually wanted to double major in business, but they want you, if you're going to do a double major, they recommended economics. So I double majored in economics and theater. Um, which I always kind of laugh about. They're so different, but I think that that was good for me just because I had, you know, the kind of this art creative world and then, um, and then learned so much in economics as well. Uh, Now, when you went to NYU, what was the dream at that point when you're stepping into college, what did you think you were going to be doing? You know, I think that I just wanted to learn a lot and, um, and I, I knew that theater was really, I was doing theater um, because I loved it, but I never thought of it as a career. I just thought it was so neat and so much fun and was a great way to go to a fun school. Um, <laughs> but I really was thinking more about business and economics as far as my future. And actually, you know, my favorite class, I would say while I was at NYU was economic development um, oh, and wow. really kind of learning um, about how, um, you know, learning about all these kind of different countries that needed more help. And um, it's funny because I do feel like that plays into Miguel and Drina a little bit now. So anyway, um, yeah, no, I loved NYU. It was so much discovery and um, it was just, it's so fun because you're so young and you're just kind of open to everything. Yes. Uh, it's so fun to think about that. I had a short stint in New York and so many of my listeners, they'll say, oh, I want to move to New York after graduating or perhaps go to school like you did. For my New York nerds and buffs, where did you live during your time at NYU? 
So your freshman year, you um, live in the dorms. So I actually lived on Washington Square Park, Uh. um, which was so much fun and, um, but also hilarious. You know, I had like (laughs) five of us to one bathroom and um, (laughs) I will never forget. I actually shared a bedroom all four years. And Uh. so when I graduated from New York and had my own bedroom, it was a really, really (laughs) exciting time. And it wasn't like Texas when you share a bedroom, you're like, you're actually on the other side of the room. Like I could tuck <laughs> my roommate in bed for like four oh years my from my bed if I really wanted to. Oh, that is so funny. No. Yeah. Thinking about that season. And like you said, it's not quite the, you know, the Texas dorm rooms, they go all out, but NYU, you're literally on top of each other. You, in those, you are. In and, those- that's, <laughs> and that's a part of the experience and, and it's, it's awesome. It's, it was so much fun. Oh, well, it's so fun to think about you there and, of course, studying theater, but really kind of thinking a little bit more about economics. Tell us, were there any internships or perhaps, you know, upon graduating, what was that first role out of school? For sure. So I, you know, I love internships and, you know, we have interns at Miguelondrina right now. And I think they're so important. I remember my dad telling me, like, that it's so great to do, even if you're learning what you don't want to be doing. Um, right. So I thought they were a great way to kind of, you know, see New York outside of school and then mm-hmm. start to know what I was really attracted to. Um, so my junior year at NYU, kind of prior to that, I had done some internships in high school as well. And I, at one point, thought I was interested in television production. Oh. Um, so I kind of did that for a while. And then junior year was really when I started to realize how much I loved fashion. Hmm. Um, I think that I was probably influenced just by all of the clothing in New York and all of the stores and um, just seeing everyone's style. Uh, the way people dress in New York is so much fun. <laughs> um, and so I, you know, I slowly started to reach out to family, friends and mentors to see um, where I could intern. So um, I interned with Narcisa Rodriguez um, and also a fashion sales consulting company called Esteries that worked with McHugh um, and kind of helped put them on, uh, do market for them. And um, so I really think the internships were a great way to start to learn kind of the fashion world. Mm. Um, And then going into my senior year, um, my dad, I remember talking to my dad and he was like, well, are you networking yet? You know, have you, have you (laughs) talked to everyone about your job when you graduate? And honestly, I think because I was talking to my friends who were in theater and even in economics, a lot of them weren't looking for jobs just yet. I think they started to kind of later in the year, Mm. but it was such good advice because I started um, having coffees with just all these people, you know, you meet one person and then they recommend another and another and another. Yes. And, um, I mean, that that's still, you know, something that I try to do today because it really it's helpful. Yeah. And so through doing that and through kind of looking through different job opportunities, that's how I was able to get my first job at Oscar de la Renta. And it was such a dream job. And it was also just so nice to know I had a job before I graduated (laughs) uh, in 2010. So so that was that was exciting time. 
Oh my gosh. Well, this is so cool. And I love the different tips that you're sharing because truly it's one of the main theme- themes of the podcast is networking and being able to say, okay, who do you know that I should maybe connect with after knowing yes. what I love and what I'm passionate about? And to think of you doing that and it, it, another little additional element, way to go, dad. Sounds like he was involved <laughs> in saying, okay, Christina, what are you doing? What's happening? And yes. it's just, it's Amazing. such a great, it's such a great encouragement for anyone who's not only looking for an internship, but even if you're looking to pivot in a role and you're thinking, okay, I I really, I think I want to make a move like Christina's story sharing networking is key. Okay. This is so fun. Oh, well, this is so fun because uh, you're, you're stepping into this role and Oscar de la Renta is a pretty insane place to start. Tell us about what that role entailed and what it looked like. Maybe your favorite things about that season. Sure. I mean, I was so excited. I'd grown up with my mom telling me about Oscar de la Renta and it just felt like a dream. Um, And actually her wedding dress that then I wore was by Oscar, even before he did bridal. Um, So it was just kind of this, you know, just this icon. Um, And my role was in sales. um, And I think one of the things that I found so exciting, I guess, is just that it wasn't that large of a team at the Mm -hmm. time. And so I was really able to be involved and learn so much. And um, they took me to Paris market the first year. I remember how excited I was to go to Paris and line up all the clothes. And it's just, it was, it was surreal. And I think just being around um, that kind of creativity and seeing the designs and, just seeing how hard everyone at that company worked to just make it perfect um, was was really, really wonderful. Mm. Oh my gosh. It's so fun to think of you running around Paris and learning so much and being surrounded by such beautiful pieces. This is kind of a fun time in the conversation. I love to ask, what was happening in your personal life at the time? You're a young single running around New York. Is is that the the version we should imagine? <laughs> Sure. I mean, I'm so glad that I lived in New York when I did. I was yeah. young, staying up too late, going <laughs> out, and and then working really, really hard. I mean, we definitely worked later hours, just like everyone does in New York, and you find it so rewarding um, at that stage of life. You know, I think it's just like you have so much energy, and um, it's just such a good time to give it your all. It's it's funny because I think so much about work life balance now. Right. Um, but at that time, it was really more just like work so hard, have so much fun with girlfriends, go out. It was just it was it was fun. Oh, it's so fun! And I think someone might be listening right now. You might be like, I think Christina's talking to me. Should I should I move to New York and go have so much fun and work so <laughs> <Yeah>. hard <laughs> in this season yeah. of life that you're in? <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, it's so fun again to think of you stepping into this role. Now, tell us how long was your stint at Oscar, and perhaps what uh, what did it look like to transition to a, a new role? For sure. So I was there about a year and a half, not very long. Um, I had a good friend who was working for the Guild Group and Mm. had been telling me about um, Jet Setter, which was um, this travel site that I was really intrigued by. I've always loved travel. And um, they were basically um, 
coming up with these great hotel deals, but also making it feel so luxurious. And um, I think I really loved the kind of young tech side of it. And so I was looking for a change and um, I joined, I feel like I had a few different roles, but the one that was the longest was because everybody's region would change so much, but Mm. Um, for the longest, I was the market manager for Latin America, which meant I would onboard hotels. And um, it was so much fun because it was such a young company. So many people there wanted to start their own thing, which I hadn't really heard as much about um, just because in the fashion, in the fashion world, it was, I was surrounded by more people who were growing within the companies. And then this was kind of more of like, an entrepreneurial place where I think a lot of people were learning to then go start their own thing. Um, Um, And I found that really freeing and exciting. Wow. Um, So I was at Jet Setter for about a year, loved it. Um, But then, but then I got this itch to, to start Migo Londrina. Oh, well, and you say it so beautifully. I wish I could say it like that. No. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. This is really cool. And this is fun to hear and kind of unpack a little bit just that, yeah, different seasons of your career and life, it's going to point you in the right direction. So your time, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but your time at Oscar, it's like, okay, you're seeing what a company that's built out, established, I mean, one of the top houses of fashion in the world. Mm-hmm. And then you're stepping into this other atmosphere that, like you said, it's young, it's tech, um, love the guilt group. And I think Jet Setter is still very much around, is it not? I believe so. Yes, yeah, I think so. Um, I work in uh, luxury boutique hotels, so it's fun to hear this this travel connect. Yes, and, yes. Is. And and so you step into this role, and it's fun to hear that the culture of Guilt Group at that time was, you know, everybody talking about what it was they may want to do. So, okay, you you get this itch. You what 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 happens? Are you still working at uh, Jet Setter as you're thinking about Nicolandrina? What did it look like to begin the process of honing in and thinking, I want to start this? Yes. So it really was, I feel like the biggest thing was, um, so I have three older brothers and um, the youngest one is four years older, my brother, Peter, and we talk most days. And (laughs) I really think it just um, was kind of stemming from a lot of conversations with him where I would talk about this kind of concept that would show off a Mexican lifestyle. And this really started, really started thinking about it while I was at Oscar. I, Mm -hmm. you know, was surrounded by all these gorgeous embroideries, all this beadwork. I mean, the gowns are insane, like you say. And (laughs) I remember growing up that, you know, my mom was always showing me these stunning embroideries and buying me traditional outfits to wear. And I really, I think I just started connecting the two in my mind. And, um, and so I, I, had this kind of vague idea that I wanted to really showcase um, the beautiful embroidery that comes from Mexico. And, um, you know, I, I always say that I used to kind of walk through this store called ABC home. I don't know. If oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's such a dream world. It's so oh. awesome. And, but I walked through and at the time they didn't have as much stuff from uh, Latin America. And I remember thinking like, wow, that's so weird because that's like, kind of the way I had grown up and seen my mom put out things in her home. Mm. Um, 
And so I think I kind of just started picturing in a way like that home, but as, as something you could sell. Um, And so I started telling my brother about it and he's awesome. And just said that I should move home and start it. And um, I had gone to NYU. I'd been in New York for a couple of years and I'd loved it. And I really had the most solid and still am friends with these girls. So it was hard to leave, Mm. Um, but it was such good timing. I got to be close with my family. Um, And so, yeah, so anyway, so I, I moved home with this concept, this really, really vague concept (laughs) and um, told my parents I wanted to start and I'm very fortunate to have supportive parents and they let me move in for a few years. Um, and just started researching and seeing what I needed to do to get started. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. You, you kind of just, uh, and there had to have been some heartstrings being pulled as you left New York. There's so many stories of women like yourself. It's like, you have this dream. You don't know if you, I mean, you're literally going to go and start it. You don't even know what it's going to look like, but you decide to pack up and head out. Was there any hesitation in doing so? Or did you feel like the time in New York, the door was closing? No, I think that there was definitely hesitation. I mean, you know, I'd be lying. I feel like definitely leaving New York was was hard because I think part of me thought about a lot of those because I thought about going back into fashion. So Ah. I was looking at different fashion houses and you know, it was a hard decision, but something kept pulling me. And I am, I am, you know, somebody who kind of, when they when you make up your mind, you just kind of do it. But there were tears for sure. I mean, mm. um, yeah, it's, it's hard to leave, you know, New York had kind of become my life. And yeah. so to know like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to this. And I don't really know what this is. Oh. <laughs> was scary, um, but also freeing and exciting. Mm. And, um, and I was so young. I feel like now, I, you know, maybe I would have had, I would have a harder time doing it, but I was 23 and um, wow, crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this is so fun. I feel such a connection to you. I had a similar experience and that's kind of why I wanted to touch on that New York exit because it can be very painful. And for those of you who've, yeah. who've lived in New York, it really, it becomes almost a part of your identity because it's just such a vibrant and wonderful city. But to hear that you, I actually had a similar situation. I moved at 23 to start a business and moved back to Texas from New York. So the connection there is- no yeah, it's really fun. Uh, and just to, each other's phone numbers. I know, I know, seriously. But it's just so amazing to to think of you doing that and for you to be like, and bravo again, Peter, just the family element so cool that he was like, okay, you, you've got to start this. And for you to even be, you know, walking around and you guys, ABC Home is beautiful. But for you to be there and thinking, you know, Latin America and a, a giant portion of the world is not represented in this in at the time in this beautiful store. And for you to be thinking about your mom. And I love too just tying in that you were, you mentioned you were the, repres- the representative for some time for Jet Setter for Latin America. So there's just this theme for you and for your story that I, I'm just loving. I'm just, I'm seeing it so much. So, okay, <laughs> tell us, you move home, you have this vague idea of like, I love this embroidery. Did that look like a trip to Mexico? Did that look like stopping around boutiques in Dallas and assessing things? Tell us about that first chunk, that first season of Nicolandrina and what it was at the very beginning. For sure. So I am, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who has to like 
see it physically to kind of start putting it together. Um, So I started by um, really just looking at, I was fortunate that my mom has all these beautiful books on um, Mexican artisanry. So I was, you know, I was looking at all sorts of things um, from like ceramics to textiles to embroideries and just um, it's, you can definitely get lost in it. It's so beautiful. And I think one thing is just, Mexico has so, so much to offer. And I Mm. think that focusing on one thing is really, really hard when it's (laughs) um, a country that has just so many beautiful things. Um, But I had listed, or I had read this book that had mentioned that picking one thing, doing it well, and really um, growing that is is a great way to start a business, Um, Mm. which I'm so glad I read that just because I think I could have easily gone to Mexico and bought like 60 different things and said like, Oh, I'm going to create this collection. And, right. um, but it was great because what I started doing was honing in on different embroidery techniques. Mm. And, um, what I didn't realize that I knew, and you know, I feel like we learned so many things growing up and then, you know, they start kind of coming into play later. It's just that I knew all of the different communities that did different embroidery styles and started to learn more of them. Um, And I fell in love with this embroidery I found on this page in this book um, by this woman named Faustina. Um, She is actually still alive. She's an award-winning artist and she's fabulous. Um, And I looked at it and I've, realized that they were embroideries I had been wearing all my life. Wow. But she, because she's an award-winning artisan, her dress is like basically what I had worn, but like on steroids, which is so <laughs> stunning. So it took me a second to figure it out. Um, and so then I started learning about the community. And, um, and anyway, so that was the first embroidery style we started with, which is from um, San Antonino Castillo Velasco, um, which is in Oaxaca. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, I went to Mexico and started meeting with women. And, you know, at first I think that it was hard because, you know, I think there, it was a time that Mexican tourism was kind of down. And mm-hmm. um, also it's just like hard to talk to an artisan at the time and create trust. Right. Um, and um, anyway, I ended up meeting women that were excited and um, we started creating together. And the next step really was to present it to somebody who would help me get started. Wow. Now tell us this. How old are you at this time? I think I'm still 23-ish. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is crazy. This is so fun. <laughs> so you're thinking about, and another just side question, because I mentioned, you know, your, your grandfather and your, you have family there. Are these family connects or what pointed you, was it actually the embroidery that took you to the specific location of Oaxaca? It was the embroidery that took me okay. there. Um, and so my family's from northern Mexico, um, and I have family living in Coahuila and in Mexico City, um, but not in Oaxaca. So it was, I had been there when I was younger, um, just because my mom has been collecting art from Mexico since she was 18 years old. So oh. we would do these long trips and meet artists and um, really get to know different communities. Um, so it didn't feel 
I guess in a way, like it didn't feel foreign to me because I had grown up doing that. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, so it was, it was really exciting. And artisans are such incredible people, such incredible artists. Mm -hmm. And I think that I was just so, so taken by everything. Oh, and you're ready. You're ready to bring it back to the U.S., bring it to Texas specifically. And you mentioned the next step was kind of finding someone who was going to help you do so. What, what did that look like? What did that path look like? And who was it that you found? Yeah. So, um, my, um, ment one of my mentors kind of growing up was, um, Jason Needleman, who is a family friend. He is CEO of Peacock Alley, which is a, a luxury bedding line. That's, um, his mother started, has been around for years and years. Oh. And, um, I basically took pictures, put this kind of <laughs> you know, funny, uh, presentation together and, um, showed it to him and he could not have been more supportive and helped me um, create this kind of bedding line. And, um, and we actually had the launch party at a Peacock Alley uh, store. Oh my gosh. Okay. This is so fun because I didn't realize that the first piece was actually bedding. And this just goes to show when you step out and you're you're starting something what what it can turn into because many of you who are listening you know you might know Christina because of her beautiful I mean I would say blouses dresses those mm -hmm. things but for it to have started with betting and for that connection back to that theme of networking this is so cool now tell us at this point do you have a name for your company? Are you thinking it's going to be betting? Are you hoping it's going to be built out? What did your thought process look like in that regard? Or were you just like, I have a product? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a product is always exciting. Yes. Um, and Migo Londrina, the name was definitely, I had already come up with the name and I think I was just very excited to, I think I've always think about it more as creating like a lifestyle and creating a feeling. So mm. um, it sounds funny, but I guess the way I thought about it was like when we did the launch party, I wanted all the beds to have embroidery on them. And then we had a rack that I put um, tops and dresses on as well. And wow. there was just kind of ribbon tied everywhere. So it was really kind of just creating this atmosphere um, through embroidery and kind of creating this experience. And so, so yeah, I feel like that's more the way I thought about it. And then at the launch party, everyone loved the tops and dresses. They were our classic sleeveless top and sleeveless dress that I've, we've been selling for, uh, I think it's eight years now, I think. Wow. Um, yes. Um, so, so yeah. And, um, and then that was when I started to pivot into clothing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, it's so fun because again, you're thinking about, okay, yeah, what is it that's going to really take off? And you're seeing, okay, the bedding, everyone's loving, but then also they're loving the clothes. So what did it look like to begin building things out? Do you have a website at this point? Did you go straight to boutiques? What was the next step? Mm -hmm. So I really thought that the party was going to be more about showing things and not necessarily selling <laughs> uh, because I just, I just, I don't know. I, I just didn't know, you know, and yeah. I thought this was like, I hope people like this concept. I have no idea. Um, and so I'd actually shot everything and thought that the next day I would sell it online. Um, but luckily almost everything sold. Um, oh my God. And, 
<laughs> it was so exciting. So basically the website turned into this kind of pre-order um, thing that was something I shifted from later, but that's how I, you know, all I could do at that time. And then um, I slowly moved, uh, I got an office and the office slowly turned into this kind of secret store. (laughs) Um, I would get these shipments weekly and kind of Instagram about it. And I would just have appointments, but also put things online at the same time and just had a blast. It was so much fun. Oh, and it, it really sounds as though it was an area in the market that really, like you thought, wasn't represented. And so people are coming to you and I love the that secret store. There's nothing better than like just a good <laughs> word of mouth Dallas moment. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But to think of that, it's so fun to think, you know, that this is the the season and the chunk of time that you're getting started. What did you expect at that point? Did you, I mean, and maybe expect is the wrong word, but what were mm-hmm. you hoping for? Could you, could you have ever imagined that it would be what it is now? Uh, no, absolutely not. I'm feel so lucky that we are where we are now. And gosh, I feel fortunate every day. And I, you know, I feel like I was such a kind of heads down, just working, selling, staying up late to make sure things were right, that um, I wasn't looking that far forward. I was just kind of trying to connect with as many people as I could and make sure that I created a good customer experience so that people would come back. And that's something that was always really, really important to me is, you know, I would used to write all of our thank you notes with all of our packages and Mm. just wanted to make sure that, you know, anytime you opened a piece from us, that it felt like a gift. And um, so it was really kind of watching all of those details closely. And then, you know, even today, it's just kind of like, I randomly look up and I'm like, oh, okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a good example though. And even as I'm, I'm over here taking notes, I love to do that. You know, thinking about, okay, for me and listener, you can think about your life and what it is you might be doing. And perhaps you're rising in a corporate environment, or maybe you're an entrepreneur, but I love the example that Christina just shared of, you know, I really wasn't looking that far ahead. My head was down. I was making sure that customers were happy. I was making sure that orders were getting out. And on occasion, I would look up and I might be impressed, but I didn't have time to be impressed for too long because I needed to put my head back down. <laughs> so I, I I really love that example, Christina. And it's it's definitely something I'm going to take away from from our conversation today is just that that head down mentality and yeah on occasion look up pat yourself on the back but gosh we've, <laughs> we've still got work to do right well yes, it's it's, so it's cool to think about this season and we've really touched on a lot of different highlights and we're spanning like you said at this point if we come to current day this is eight years uh, started in 2013 is that correct 2013 yes mm-hmm. which is so impressive to think about like you said eight years. Now in those eight years, I'm sure you learned way more than we can share in a podcast episode, but I'd love to know, are are there any instances that you can think back on that actually perhaps failure or maybe a hiccup helped Mm -hmm. shape your career? I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, I don't know. I was thinking about failure and I'm a problem solver and I'm an eternal optimist. And, um, but I have, 
problems and failures at least weekly. And I think that just knowing to keep going um, was was just, you know, what you need to do. And, you know, we fail on like, you know, creating new samples. Like mm. I can't even tell you when we get a product right and the fit is right and I wear it, it is so exciting. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that took a year. I am so glad (laughs) this is ready to go. (laughs) Um, So I guess, you know, it's hard to think of one just because I feel like starting a business is all about how you go up against failure Um, and, you know, and how you, how you pivot. I know that last year was so hard for everybody and, but it was also just such a year of resilience for so many people. Mm. And um, I feel like that's, you know, that's really what having a business is all about. Mm. Yeah. Being able to go with the flow. And like you said, it's amazing. Even thinking about my guests that I've recorded with from the last year, I love the word you just used resilient because so many people did, you know, even through hardship came out stronger and to think of, gosh, I, I mean, the, the things that I'm sure your team was, were dealing with that, that may not be the norm. Uh, the list could probably go on and on. Well, on the flip side of that, and I, I mentioned one in your intro that, that might be a real wow moment, but could you share what was perhaps a real wow moment for you when you look back on your career? Yes, gosh, there's, I mean, today's a wow moment talking to you is a wow moment. Okay, honored. um, (laughs) And just like taking time to look back, it's just, it is exciting. Um, But I think that I was thinking back even further than that. um, Stanley Korshek is a store here in Dallas um, that really, really helped us so much um, when we were getting started. And, um, you know, right now we're purely direct to customer. Um, but when I was living with my parents, Stanley Korshak was the first store to pick us up and I would drive my parents suburban to (laughs) their store and merchandise it and work and learn from their sales team because they were just, they're incredible. They're so good. They have such a good business. And, um, anyway, I think what was such a wow moment is they, did a fashion show for um, Igor Londrina really early on. And I'll never forget seeing Nico Londrina's, the logo on a screen. It was just wild to oh. see it so big. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I was so nervous. And um, one of my really good friends, Gabby, helped me style it. And it just felt like, I just remember thinking like, okay, there's so many possibilities. And this is this is really exciting. Oh, it's, it's, it is. It's so, I mean, even now, and it's fun because I, I feel like I'm catching you on the, it, like, I feel like you have arrived. Like in my mind, me, <laughs> you know, me, Colandrina has arrived. You, you have arrived to me. But it's so fun because you might not, you might be thinking, well, no, Emily, we've got a long way to go. But but even to think, and you guys, just a friendly reminder that the time frame that we're talking about in Christina's life, I mean, this is early 20s that you're driving around, you're, you're, you know, you're visiting your artisans, you're getting things in, you're really out and about. And the theme that I keep coming back to, and it seems to come very naturally to you and is very genuine is networking. And even for you to mention a friend, Gobby came and styled it, you know, and Mm -hmm. we were connected here and this was a family friend. Mm -hmm. I, I want to ask 
you, for my listeners who are hesitant to reach out to family friends or to ask for help or ask for, hey, you know, can you come style this or or whatnot? What would you say to someone who's hesitant to to ask for that coffee date? Um, because to me, it seems like that's such an incredible theme in your career and life, and it comes naturally to you. Yeah, I think that it's so important. You know, I know that it's, I think it's hard because we know that everyone's busy and we don't want to take anyone's time. But I think if you can come from a very humble place and yeah. say that, look, I know you're so busy. I like, where can I meet you? That's easy for you. Yeah. You know, and just really kind of come at it from that angle. Um, because I think that's, you know, where we're mostly coming from is just like, Oh God, I feel bad, but can we please? And yes. Um, so many people do want to connect and yeah. um, gosh, especially now after a year of, of being locked down, I think that people are excited, even if it's virtually to, to connect with one another um, in a way that they may have taken for granted before. Yeah. Yeah. I agree that I think it's funny sometimes, and it's, it's rare. I don't always assign homework to listeners, <laughs> but I'm feeling like it right now. Listener, this is a good message for you. What Christina is sharing about networking and this theme, and you can hear it even in her voice. And I love the tip of what's what's convenient for you. How can I connect with you? Can I head to your neighborhood? Can I meet you at your favorite coffee shop? Are you already going to be out and about? Could I meet up with you? You know, for for those of you who are listening and you you've thought about pivoting or you've thought about taking the next step in moving forward with an idea, and you know the person that you're supposed to talk to. Okay homework from myself, and I'll speak for Christina as well. <laughs> Call them, text them, reach out and see if you can make that connection because it's just such a cool theme that that I, I didn't know about your story, but it's just coming out so strong. I, I just, I had to share you guys, if you have somebody in mind that you've been hesitant, okay, this is the sign. This is your moment. So <laughs> go ahead and do it. And you know what? Let us know how it goes. Well, it's really interesting to think too about, gosh, just the different people that you've met along the way. And now at this point, I mean, you you began in Texas, but really you are, I mean, anyone can purchase your your clothes. Where what what did it look like? And I'm kind of thinking when, when was it that you maybe got an order? I guess you were shipping at the time. Can you think of a time that you got an order that you thought, I cannot believe that one of my pieces is going to this place? Oh my gosh. I was just talking about this yesterday. I remember um, a couple of years ago, Googling this home. I promise I don't Google normally. <laughs> um, that somebody ordered outside of Paris. And it was just, it was just so cool. The picture, one of our dresses flying to Paris. Um, but you know, going back to the connecting thing, mm. I really do think Migo Londrina is all about, connection. It's all about, you know, the connections of our team here and kind of all the women that I work with here in Dallas, but yeah. also just the women that I've connected with in Mexico mm. have taught me so much. I wow. mean, they are so strong, so talented, just really incredible artists. And I think I just feel so fortunate to have this weave of of people that continues to grow and mm. it's you know it's this connection with kind of shipping to the US and shipping to other parts of the world and then also connecting with women in Mexico who 
are just incredible. I mean, they're insanely talented. Oh, well, and it's amazing too, to know that the pieces that we purchase, and many of you are listening, you're probably already looking up what you're going to, to snag from me, Golandrina, <laughs> but it's amazing too, to know, you know, who was behind it, where it mm -hmm. comes from and the story behind it and being able to support in such an amazing and unique way. I mean, bravo to you to, to be able to have created those roles and those jobs and to be able to get the word out. I mean, I, I hope that when we're done recording, I hope you would just take a moment to recognize that girl walking around ABC home and, you know, loving embroidery. Well, good grief. <laughs> Look what you've done. I mean, it's really, really cool. Um, and it's so fun to hear. Thank you so much. Well, it's, it's really, it's really something I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I just feel so connected to, to the story. And I hope listener that, that you feel really connected to the brand as well. Uh, well, throughout all of this, and I always preface with guests, this is a pretty big question. I would love to know if you could share with us just throughout your whole journey, or maybe even just life, what is perhaps the greatest lesson you have learned? Oh gosh. I think that, you know, one that I always come back to was that my aunt, my aunt has a beautiful business called Jan Barbolio. Um, and she always just said, don't quit, <laughs> which was very simple and very easy to remember. And um, <laughs> I think that, um, I think that that was always really helpful. And, um, but I, you know, one thing I was thinking also is just another lesson is just to remember, this is so weird, but I, I, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but just also remember the value and importance of community and family. Oh yeah. Um, because I think about how much my family has helped me grow this and, um, and also the community that surrounds me, Golandrina, how much they constantly help us grow. And mm. Um, so I think that that also just like understanding, appreciating and never taking for granted. If you have people who support you, just remembering what they've done for you. Mm. And even, even just one, even just two, I, I think that's such an amazing takeaway. I find that with the podcast, it's like, oh my gosh, one person shared it on their story. I can't believe this. And I don't even know <laughs> this person and the fact that they would do this. And I know that, I'm, you know, I'm sure that you feel the same way with customers. It's like someone in Paris is wearing a top. It's, it's, it's incredible. And I, I love that. And I, I think too, just tying in and what I'm hearing in your story and even through that lesson learned is just the gratitude element of like, wow, that, you know, people would rally behind you, rally behind me. Just it's, it's really cool to focus in on that and, and recognize it. Oh my goodness. Well, Christina, I feel like I could talk to you forever. Um, no, I want to know when you're in Dallas next. Oh, oh I, I absolutely will. You don't have to tell me twice, um, but <laughs> it's really cool because I know there's always so much happening and I know you have even a lot happening in your personal life, but I'd love to know what's next for you. Yeah. So, you know, it's um, to me, I think eight years has been incredible, but I think that we are just getting started. I yeah. think we um, have hopefully gained customers respect and um, can now continue to grow a platform that supports artisans. Mm -hmm. And um, in a way that, you know, it just feels like 
okay, next step. You know, it feels like we're, we're really ready for this. And um, I've loved to see Migo Londrina grow digitally. Um, mm-hmm. and we've really kind of have had so much fun leaning into our website and especially, you know, last year, everyone had to do that. So um, really, really excited to continue to grow digitally and just grow this, this brand. Oh, and you guys, we're going to give you a chance to connect with Christina. That's a little tease here. But Christina, is there anything we didn't cover today that you'd like to? Oh, no, just that I feel so fortunate to work with the women I work with in Mexico and in Dallas. Oh, yes, you you have an amazing team behind you. And it's just so cool to think about that growing and that community growing as I know it will. Well, mm-hmm. it's cool to think that we have really honed in on this, this kind of theme of networking. I love to, you mentioned you're an eternal optimist. Don't quit, keep going. Those are some of the themes that I'm going to take away. But, but back to that networking, I always love to ask my guest, who do you know that should maybe come on and share their, how'd she do that story? Yes. I love that you asked this. So I loved and we actually have um, a page on our site called Mujeres, um, where we feature um, different women and their stories and how they inspire us. Um, and we featured uh, Veronica Garza of Siete uh, Tortillas. I don't know if you all have had Siete Tortillas. They're amazing. They are so good. Uh, they're so good. I always get the cassava ones. Um, <laughs> And um, anyway, I think Veronica's like, she's just incredible. And I think that she, I was um, looking at their about page again, and they say family's first, family's second, and business is third. And I just <laughs> think that is so cool. Oh, I love it. Well, that's such a great recommendation. And you all will have to stay tuned for a potential conversation with Veronica. Well, I know many of you have already looked up Christina. I'm sure you're on me, Golandrina's Instagram. You're checking everything out. But Christina, where can listeners connect with you? So I'm actually always logged into the Migo Londrina Instagram. So <laughs> if you DM me there, I will follow up. I also have um, my Christina Lynch Instagram, but to be honest, I've taken a little bit of a break just with this baby coming in two weeks. I've kind of just been heads down at work and logging into the Migo Londrina Instagram all the time. So please DM me there. It would make me so happy. Oh, so wonderful. And you guys, just another thought when this episode comes out, Christina will have likely had her baby and it's just so exciting to think about. So all you future (laughs) listeners, Christina is now a mother of two. Is that right? Two. Yes. Yes. Ah, So fun to think (laughs) about. Well, Christina, thank you so much for your time today and for joining me on How'd She Do That? Thank you so much. I hope you have an awesome day. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. We hope you'll join us next Tuesday for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.